are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. What's going on, Sam? As always, you got Sam and Steve here for another breakdown of the past week of Yankees baseball. We just had a bunch of division games, Sam, and they were supposed to be tough. Yankees made that trip look a little bit easier than they thought they would be. 7-2 and two through the first nine games of arguably the toughest stretch of the season for the New York Yankees. Four coming up against the Houston Astros, and 4-2... and two, in two places that we have talked about a lot on this podcast over the last six seasons, Rogers center and the trop have not been kind to the Yankees. They won two of three in both places Sunday game against the blue Jays. You blow the lead, but that was one of the more wacky games of the season. They happened just like they did, or excuse me, just like it did a couple weeks ago in Minnesota when the Yankees came back from five runs down they sweep the Rays to start off this stretch. And I think the best part of this entire baseball season is the fact that the Rays do not have Austin Meadows on their team anymore. How great is it to not see him in the lineup in six games in the last week? It's it's fantastic because you knew he was going to get at least three or four home runs. But then they got this new second baseman that's all of a sudden hitting the cover off the ball versus the Yankees, hitting three uh, in one game and then leads off the, um, his first at-bat on Wednesday. He hits his fourth home run versus the Yankees. Uh, pretty, pretty wild there that the Rays just always happen to find a guy. But I do agree that the Rays, even with a bunch of injuries there, probably want Austin Meadows back um, uh, on their team a little bit just because they are struggling to, to find some warm bodies. But overall, as you said, 4-2 and two on the road there in Toronto and in Tampa when it easily could have been 6-0. and Watching the way the Yankees have played this year, I mean, we all thought that Judge home run was gone on Tuesday. It was a little premature, thanks to Michael Kay there. But could have been a 6-0 trip. It could have been a 9-0 stretch versus division teams. And people have been clamoring for the Yankees to play a tougher schedule. Wait till you play the division. You know, all that crap. Well, they're handling the division very nicely right now. And as you said, this tough schedule is going to continue. But even with a couple losses here that felt like they hurt, and a couple mishaps from a couple key players like Clay Holmes finally giving up some runs. Overall, you got to be ecstatic about the New York Yankees uh, and where they sit right now. And it takes a lot to beat this team. I was talking about this with a buddy the other day. The Jays needed a five-run rally. They needed five runs from their closer on Sunday, and that still barely got it done. Tuesday night, the Rays needed three home runs for Isaac Paredes. And then Marwin Gonzalez comes up in the ninth inning, hits a two-run home run, and then Judge comes up just short. Well, they basically needed just to bend the Yankees to give Judge a rest day to win. If Judge plays that home game, it's fair to say the Yankees win that game. Did you see he has two home runs after each of his last three off days, including the one that he pinch hit in Tuesday? If you count Tuesday's game as an off day, it's as an off day. Plus the two prior off days, he's hit two home runs. No, I did not know this. That's amazing. So he's got six home runs, six home runs in the games following an off, an actual off day. Yes, that's pretty cool. I mean, his last look, three off days. 
And we don't want Judge Everett sitting, but that's a pretty cool stat to know that if he does sit, to uh, to load up. Speaking of the home run, did you see the the kid that had the home run parlay um, that Sports Action posted? So he had five guys to hit a home run on Tuesday, and Aaron Judge was one of them. Uh, it was a dollar bet to win twenty grand. But if Judge doesn't come up to pinch hit, the bet auto resets to just one dollar to win five grand, and it wins. So if Judge stays on the bench, he wins, this kid wins five grand. Judge comes in to pinch hit, and he has to hit a home run now, or the bet loses, and he puts it on the warning track. Just an all-time bad beat for for that boy. Oh my gosh, that is absolutely crazy. But Judge comes back and hits two home runs Wednesday night to help the Yankees win the series in St. Petersburg. And we talked about it last time we talked, Steve, on June 6th. The Yankees and Aaron Judge have an arbitration hearing on Friday. And how this is going to go is anyone's guess. Judge came out this week and said, I hate the business side of things in baseball. That's what he basically said. How do we think this goes? Uh, Judge has played it political to say the, to say how it is. And so have the Yankees here. You know, 17 million versus 21 million. 4 million is a pretty wide gap. Um, for the most part, when, when they're that wide of a gap, you see uh, a middle ground, which has me to believe that the Yankees have offered a middle ground and Judge has said no. So let's see what the arbitration says. In years past, arbitration leads towards the team. They always have. It's very rare that you see a, a guy win uh, arbitration case, and especially when it's this big of a, of a difference. Um, I think the Yankees and Judge have put it in the back of their minds, which is fine. It is a business. I, I still, you know, Passan said it again earlier today. The Judge wants to be a Yankee. The Yankees want Judge to be a Yankee. It would be very shocking if a deal isn't done, whether it's, you know, likely at this point at the end of the season here. But it also was a weird that the arbitration date moved. Um, usually, they, you know, that the court changed that, I guess. But um, could we wake up to a new contract for Aaron Judge tomorrow? I highly doubt it, but it would be it would be pretty cool. So we'll let it play out. I'd say give Judge – if you're Cashman, avoid the trial because you actually kind of got to go in and, and bash the player a little bit. Offer Judge $20 million tomorrow. Avoid the arbitration hearing and, and continue the, the good vibes is what I would do. That's what I think as well. And I would personally love a long-term extension for Judge, even though I acknowledge that's highly unlikely. I suggested eight years, $354 million last episode. That makes him $44 million a year. Highest paid player in baseball. Max Scherzer gets him by a few million, but he's only got a three-year deal. I would give Judge that over eight years and then an opt-out after year three or four or even year two for all I care if he wants it so he can become a free agent at age 32 or 33 again. But aside from the games, that is something that I am going to have my eye on in a big way because we all know the Yankees' last offer right on opening day was seven years, $213 million. With this year's expected salary, it would have been 230 over eight years. And now with Judge playing a lot of center field, he is only upping his contract value, which I really think you have to pay attention to. Every every at bat and every inning in center field, like you said, is increasing that value. It's going to be a fascinating, fascinating contract discussion because given his age and then given his production, and I'm not saying he's an injury prone guy. I think it's been fluke injuries, but given some of that, it's going to all go into effect. It's going to be fascinating. But and it, and it's crazy that he's doing that this all in a contract year with 
that pressure and the constant talk about him. Like every day I see an article of, ooh, maybe the Giants can steal Aaron Judge. Oh, Steve Cohen's going to steal Aaron Judge. So it's it's out and about. Um, he may not want to talk about it, but it, it is everywhere that, you know, what will the Yankees and Aaron Judge do? For now, Aaron Judge is going to continue to hit the fucking shit out of the ball, which, which is great. He's got 27 home runs on the year. He's back on pace for 63 home runs. So, so Sam... It, are we going to be having a, a Yankee record watch here? Is he going to break Maris's record of 61 home runs? Are we going to have a, a chase for 60 on our hands to go along with a, a chase for a pennant? It, it's turning out to be a magical season for the Yankees, and a home run chase um, would make it pretty cool. I hope we do. And he became the first Yankees player since Babe Ruth on Wednesday to have six multi-home runs in his team's first 70 games. First MLB player since Babe Ruth, not just Yankees. So that just shows you how impressive of a season this guy is having. And I think we're definitely, if he stays healthy, going to get a home run chase from Aaron Judge because he's hitting the cover off the ball, like you said. That second home run tonight was an absolute tater. Yeah. So he hit it over the catwalk. I have never seen that. Happen. I got a little nervous that he was going to, like, I don't know, that stupid field. I was like, did it get, did it get too high? Is it going to be a, a double? Like, what's going on here? I forget what the rules are every time. But like you said, absolute moon shot for, for Judge. Two uh, things I've never seen in the last week at stadiums the Yankees have played at. Judge's home run over the catwalk. And then it was Joey Gallo in Friday's 12-3 win hit one into the suites at the Rogers Center above the second deck. Ripped it. I have not seen that before. I have not seen someone go up there. It's Yeah, I think Stain and, and I think Vlad have kind of done it on the opposite with pulling the ball as a righty, but um, I can't remember lefty-wise what the last moonshot like that. I mean, rocket more from Gallo. And for Judge, the, the ball is only going to fly more when the, the summer heat comes. When the August heats up, it's going to be some of these fly balls could turn into into more home runs too. So I think we're definitely on 60 watch. And a couple couple real hot streaks here, maybe we're on Bonds watch because that, that would be absolutely wild in a year where we're talking about how down home runs are across the league that you know Aaron Judge could be looking at the 60 mark. So something definitely got to keep an eye on. And then spinning right into that, not far behind Aaron Judge is Anthony Rizzo. He's on pace for a career year home run-wise. Over 40, he's looking at you know something that he's never done. He's got 19 right now in 68 games. Uh, overall, the average kind of has been fluctuating. It was really hot April, really cold May, and now really hot June for Rizzo. But, uh, you know, six home runs in his last 15 games for 19 on the year. And pretty clutch home runs, a like big grand slam for the Riz. Uh, you know, he's been everything the Yankees have wanted for this two-year contract that they signed. I love seeing Judge and Stanton hit balls 490, 500 feet. No, not that quite far. 600, you know 700 feet. <laughs> I love seeing them put balls in the orbit. But watching Rizzo turn on a ball and send it out to right field with his swing is an absolutely beautiful sight. And defensively, he's been really good. That was the main selling point, really, when Balance the Yankees the traded for him. The ball. Exactly. That was the real selling point when Brian Cashman made this out-of-nowhere move ahead of the trade deadline last summer. Because Luke Voigt was the guy at first base, but the Yankees get much more of an athlete than Rizzo, and he balances the lineup. 
he is one of my favorite Yankees. And like I said, watching him turn on a ball from the left-handed batter's box is a sight to be seen. Six home runs in 15 games, like you said. The Yankees can bat him in a lot of places, but he's really liked that three-hole lately. So I expect to see him in the All-Star game come July for sure. Yeah, and it's just it's been it's just really nice. You said defensively for sure, and, and it's, again, it's not a knock on what Luke Voigt was for the Yankees, and he's actually you know been Luke Voigt for the Padres. You know he's got nine home runs himself, and he's batting two thirty, so he's pretty much got the same average as Anthony Rizzo. But Rizzo's got nineteen home runs compared to Voigt's nine. If you had to kind of take a guess going into the year, you'd be happy if it was flipped the other way. Even if Rizzo had nine home runs. And Voigt had the, the 19 home runs. You wouldn't be shocked because Voigt's led the league in home runs before in this shortened season. But you would still do that trade-off because of the defense. So the fact that, that Rizzo now has become the more of a power hitter versus Voigt is pretty crazy. And that also kind of shows the, the difference of a lefty and a righty first baseman for the Yankees. Getting that lefty in the lineup, one obviously bounces the lineup, but he gives him that short porch um, to, to work at. And Rizzo doesn't have that many short porch dingers. But the, the, the difference there of Voigt trying to pull a ball and Rizzo pulling a ball is a couple home runs. So it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting to see. Like I like I like Luke Voigt, and you know it's fun to see him hit some bombs too for uh, for the Padres. But did not expect Rizzo to have double the home runs seventy games into the year. Not at all. You're right. So he balances the lineup so well. He fits this team. He was talking before the Cubs series that. The Yankees in 2022 remind him of that Cubs team in 2016, which I think we all know how that ended. Yep. Great, great locker room presence to have for the Yankees as, as they're looking towards the second half of this year to, to keep the team balanced, to, to keep the, the clubhouse itself in check. You know, fantastic. And I have to, the monster year that comes with it, because considering we talked about Judge's contract, Rizzo is opting out of this, this second year deal with the Yankees. You have to assume that. And it's going to cash in on an even bigger deal. Um, so this could just be a one-year kind of monster season for Rizzo, and he's gone from the Yankees. So you got to take advantage of this because it's a player option for 2023. And if he hits 45 home runs, he, he's opting out of that deal no matter what. And there will be other people probably willing to pay more than the Yankees will be considering they have to pay Judge next year. He's going to be 33 in August, so that's something to keep in mind. I think a, a shorter-term deal when he opts out, and paying him $66 million over three years could do for something like that if this pace or something close to it continues. So that will be very interesting to watch. I just hope Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner shell out all of the money in the world to keep these guys together because through the first two and a half months of the season. It's a special team. This is the best Yankees team I've seen in terms of how balanced they are from starting pitching to the bullpen to the lineup. It's a new guy every single night. And and they've done really well sticking with the infield here because signing Rizzo caused that logjam that required Luke Voigt to be be shipped out, which we all saw coming. But then it also push DJ LeMayu back into the middle of the infield and then obviously the Donaldson trade. And then you're like, oh, what do we do? We have too many infielders. Um, and the the early consensus was, well, good. They're going to trade Glaber Torres. This is the plan here. They'll put DJ back in second and they're going to trade Glaber Torres for a starter. And a lot of people were like, get rid of him for whatever you can get. 
Get him while his value's high. He's never the player he was, you know, in those fluke first two years. And it's proving to be the other way. It's proving to be that the shortened season and then 2021 could be the, the fluke of Glaber Torres' career because uh, he's hitting the crap out of the ball again. He's got 13 home runs. He's batting 260. So it's good to see that, that Glaber's getting back into form of, you know, couldn't, of potentially being uh, another 30 home run power guy. I mean, he hit 38 in 2019. We'll give that up to the short, to the, the juice balls for sure. Glaber being a 20 home run guy works for the Yankees. 25 years old and, you know, is playing a much better second base than, than obviously the shortstop here. I think Glaber, Rizzo, they all going to intertwine for the next year or so it's about with contract wise. But he's getting plenty of time in the field, uh, and they're balancing this extra infielder really well. Boone's done a good job of making sure everybody's got playing time, which he said was the case from the get-go. He's like, everybody's going to play. I don't care that people are freaking out that we have too many infielders. And he's been 100% right so far. And hand up on this one. I have to take the L. But I was suggesting to trade Glaber Torres before the start of the season, and I am an idiot. Not really. Look, if you got an ace for him... Sure, but there was definitely no offers like that on the table. Absolutely not, especially after the last two seasons. But in his last 18 entering the night, hitting 338, slugging almost 700 points, getting on base 40% of the time. In that span, he's got five home runs. This is close to the 2019 Glaber Torres, and an even better hitter, I think. The power is a, is a little bit down, but he's got 13 home runs on the year. He's going to hit 20-25 this season, and that is a massive, massive bounce back. It's a little disappointing that he didn't work out at shortstop, but second base is still an important position in MLB, and the Yankees have their long-term answer right there. So I said it last episode, out of everyone who's having a great season in the Bronx, I think I am most happy about Glaber Torres. Because of all this guy went through in the last two years, we talked about the 2020 campaign. That was an adjustment for a lot of period. And then even 2021, going into the first normal season since 2019. And guys hit sophomore slumps. It's not unnormal. Guys hit some road bumps earlier in in their career. Thankfully, it looks like Torres has gotten over his. Yeah, and you're right. And the, the key thing I think to look at is his spray chart. Going from when he first came up, he was he the scouting on him was hits to all fields. We'll have some power if you make a mistake. He'll he'll pull it for a home run, fifteen to twenty home run potential. Uh, and then he comes onto the scene and he busts nineteen home runs and he busts thirty eight home runs. And he's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a pull hitter who can smack the ball with the the best of the best the Yankee bombers. And he got pull happy. And now he's gotten back to that original scouting report. Seven of his thirteen home runs are the opposite way. He's got a bunch of doubles that are really close to home runs. And, you know, it's basically a 50-50 hit chart split of pulling versus going oppo. Just, uh, you know, incredible that he's made that decision. And he really got to give him credit for getting down, getting dirty with the work and figuring it out. You know, credit to the Yankees hitting coaches to, to help him out. But just a huge turnaround here. You know, he's up there in the, the high 90s percentile of exit velocity, hard hit rate, uh, and, and slugging. Where you, you look at you know 2020 and 2021, he was way towards the bottom of, of those numbers. You know, baseball savant chart was a lot of blue. This year, we're looking at a lot of red. Uh, and defense is what it is. 
He even got a start at shortstop because IFK was uh, dealing with a little hammy issue. It's fun to see. You know, this continues. He's going to be one of the most powerful hitters in the second base slot. And the Yankees aren't going to give that up at all. So fun to see Glaber playing again. Like you said, ruined hard for the kid. 25, he's only 25 years old. He's better. We forget that he's been around with the Yankees. This is his fifth year with the Yankees. You know, he came up at 20. Uh, so it's uh, it's really nice to see him go through that. Not nice to see him go through that two-year slump, but more importantly, it's nice to see him come out of that slump and, and be confident and be happy. You could just see in his persona that this guy's a fun-loving guy. Uh, and and look, and he even lost two of his best friends on the team in, in Urshela and Sanchez, and, and that's got to be taken for granted too, that he's able to, to perform as he is. Uh, just awesome stuff from Glaber all around. He's hitting the cover off the ball. He's a big part of why this team is where it is right now as things stand enter and play on June 23rd. So and how the- it shows, the toughness it shows from him, like you said, to bounce back from this slump when everybody in the Bronx, the biggest media market in the world in New York City, essentially wrote him off. And I might have been in that group as well to an extent. It shows a lot out of him. So when we're looking down the stretch, when you're talking about most important Yankees in the lineup, aside from Aaron Judge, you're going to be hearing Glaber Torres' name a lot. And it gives Boone the options. Look, Josh Donaldson hasn't been amazing since coming over in pinstripes. It gives him the option of playing Glaber at second more and moving DJ to third. The flexibility that we have here... Um, without any injuries is fantastic. Uh, and just some of 2021 exit velocity for Glaber Torres was the 15th percentile in Major League Baseball. 2022, 94th percentile. I mean, we're looking at an 80% difference uh, of exit velo. Knock on the stats all you want. Players that have the high exit velocity are the good players in Major League Baseball. It's a fact. Um, so it's great to see Glaber make that change. And it's a pretty shocking change when, when you look at it. Speaking of exit velocity, hasn't been a much exit velocity from John Carlos Stanton of late. Uh, since coming off the DL, he, he has not looked looked great. Uh, his last 19 games are basically a mega slump, you know, batting at the, the 100 mark here. It hasn't affected the Yankees' wins and losses, which is, so I think it kind of gets a little thrown under the rug there. But uh, last 15 games, batting 111, still has three home runs and 14 walks, which is nice. But, but Stanton is definitely in a, in a slump at the time. Since he returned on June 4th, that was my return to Yankee Stadium for the first time since 2019. Coincidentally, Stanton is in the middle of a 6 for 61. That is rough. That equates to 111. 6 for 61, like you said, three home runs and 14 walks. But he looks a little bit off balanced at the plate. Not just a little bit, a lot off balanced. He had a swing on Tuesday night where a breaking ball just straight up fooled him. It, it was a little bit worse, or not as ugly as that Todd Frazier swing against Justin Verlander in game two or <laughs> exactly game six that yeah. went viral, but it was something like that. He looks off balanced. He's pulling out of the box. He only missed like 10, 11 calendar days. It wasn't like yeah, he only missed like eight games. Yeah. Week and a half. So nothing major. It wasn't anything you'd send him on a rehab assignment for. He's out and playing the field. He almost made an amazing play 
tonight where he gunned down that runner and then they overturned it on replay review. So he's out playing the field. He's moving well. Yeah, he looks fine in the field. This yeah, is just a matter of time. He goes through these things. I'm not concerned in the slightest. I stole the words right out of my mouth. Stanton goes through three of these a year, every year, where he just looks like, how is this guy a potential Hall of Fame player? And then somehow, some way, the next day, you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to hit 900 home runs in his career. It's crazy how... He is the such a polar opposite way. He can go from at bat from pitch to pitch. Uh, someone else said this too, so I was stealing here. From pitch to pitch, it is the craziest swing you could ever see uh, of good and bad for God John Carlos Stan. You could he could swing at a ball that is thrown forty feet in front of him, and you're like, "Are you kidding me?" And then the next pitch, he times up uh, a nasty slider and hits it four hundred feet. It's pretty incredible. At he mentally. The previous pitch means absolutely nothing to him, uh, but he does go into these slumps. He guesses a lot, and if and he, and he gets into the slumps here, and look, it is what it is. There's zero concern here as long as the Yankees continue to win. He's going to get his 30 home runs. The the short DL stint, which I hope he's fully recovered from, um, but it seemed like that's all he needed. Get a little break in him, and, and we'll we'll see what happens here. He's, like I said, he's still getting his walks. He had another couple walks uh, on on Wednesday versus the Rays, and he's still hitting some home runs. Look, as long as you go through the slumps, that's why you have a deep lineup. You have Stanton struggling. That's when Rizzo's picking it up. If Rizzo starts to struggle, you can have Stanton pick it up. Judge is on all the time. DJ's been playing well. Glaber's been playing, been playing well. Jose Trevino is. We got to talk about him. Actually, it has to be the all-star catcher. So when the Yankees lineup is this deep. You go through the slumps of guys. Gallo's been struggling all year. Hicks has been coming back and forth. This June is going to be staying slump, and then let's you know we can make a bet. Maybe it's ten home runs in July. It's, it's what happens. I would not be surprised in the slightest bit. I think he's going to break out of this either right before, or right after the Fourth of July, right when I'm up at Fenway on Saturday, July 9th, two rows away from him in right field. For that Saturday game, I am special, very excited. Special Sam treatment. Get him back to normal. Absolutely. I'll be out there with my Yankees jersey, only three buttons buttoned like I always <laughs> do in the summer. My trademark. But I have no doubt that he's going to get back on track. And when he does, look out. It's going to be something like eight home runs in 15, 16 games. He is going to go on an absolute tear. Very, very soon. When you're talking about the offense, like you said, you can't go without talking about Jose Trevino, who, when you think about it, is only on the Yankees because of that injury to Ben Roybert. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Thank you so much. I hope hope you have a long future with the Yankees, but thank you for this year. (laughs) If the Yankees end up going to win the World Series, this guy might get the... Biggest World Series ring of them all because <laughs> Trevino is hitting the cover off the ball. Game-winning two-run home run on Wednesday. Calling a great game. That home run. That, that's my favorite. I love the pimp jobs. Donaldson gets the pimp job of the week. Oh, yeah. Home run Saturday in Toronto. That's going to be a new Sam segment on the podcast, too. I just <laughs> yes. figured it out. Pimp job of the week. So... Get ready for next week. That will be something. But for now, Josh Donaldson gets the first slamming Sammy 
pimp job of the week. <laughs> Love it. For his home run on Sunday, it was, in Toronto, actually. But Trevino's hitting the cover off the ball. Great pimp job. Love everything about this guy. How he calls the game, how he frames pitches, and he has to be the starter for the American League All-Star game. I see all the Phillies fans down by where we live bitching about JT Real Muto this, JT Real Muto that. I'm never paying a catcher big money for the rest of time. How does Brian Cashman do it? How does he find a backup catcher? Look, he was backup catching for the Rangers. The Rangers got a new catcher this year. They got Mitch Gardner from the Twins, which led us to get sending us Gary Sanchez there. So he wasn't really in the plans for, for, for the Rangers. I think Gardner, 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 Garver got hurt. So, you know, they could have used a guy like Trevino here. To trade him for a, a low a low A piece and Albert Abreu, who's now back in the Yankee organization, is just a remarkable move. You know, six home runs already. He's had nine home runs his entire career before coming to the Yankees. Uh, he had six previously with, with uh, last year in 2021 and, and have as many games. He's got six now. He's not going to be the starter for the AL All-Star game because that's fan vote and those crazies up in Canada have – Alejandro Kirk with a 600,000 vote lead on Trevino. But the fact Trevino is second in voting right now. So he's going to be an all-star. He might not be starting, but he'll be up there with the Yankees. And he'll be catching some Yankees in this all-star game because we know the pitchers are going to be there. So it's, you know, get your votes in now. But either way, Trevino's got to be there. He leads the, he's the best defensive catcher in baseball. He leads the league in, you know, earn runs saved, or I think it is at 12 or saved runs. One of those uh, catching statistics, which is really hard to judge. But pitch framer, elite. We see it every time he goes up there. He's just an absolute pitch framing savant. And a breakout season for a 29-year-old with the Yankee organization. And it seems like we're, we're doing that more and more. Usually it's the relievers they find. But they, they just found – I mean, look, that's how the Yankees found Gio Urshela. You know, he was with the Blue Jays organization. And we kind of just plucked him out and turned him into the Gio that he is now. And now Trevino's another guy that we could add to the list of, of cash god moves that no one saw coming. I love how you grouped him in with Urshela because Cashman now has a significant list of these guys in the last few years. Urshela, Luke Voigt, Clay Holmes, guys who have come out of nowhere who were basically cast-offs in the systems of these teams and have broke out onto the scene. Granted, Trevino's hot streak is only a little over a month, but... How he's burst onto the scene is very, very notable. And above all else, it's his defense, like you mentioned, those stats. His offense probably is going to cool off a little bit, but anything you get from him on offense is great. But the Yankees sacrificed offense and defense at the catcher and shortstop positions, we thought. But it looks like they made an upgrade on offense at the catcher position. Wild that that's like that's happening. Um, yeah, Gary, Gary's batting 220 with eight home runs with a 104 OPS plus. You know, that's kind of what we expected from him. But the fact that Trevino's just right there with it is crazy. And he's coming up big in the clutch, two walk offs, the huge home run uh, on Wednesday to help win the game. It, it's he, he likes the moment, and that's pretty cool. He, he's living the life, you know, he's got pure joy in him. So we'll see. What happens there? Like I said, still second in uh, in voting for the catching spot. Likely not going to catch first, but some possibilities. You know, there's the Blue Jays fans. They vote like madmen out there. 
So Vlad Jr. is going to take first base there, but Anthony Rizzo, like you said, should be there for as a replacement. Um, for and obviously Aaron Judge leads all AL players with uh, eight with votes. So that that'll be he'll be there. He'll be there in right field. Actually, he could be there in center field. It'll be interesting to see uh, where everybody plays because right now the three leading vote getters are Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, and George Springer, uh, followed by John Carlos Stanton at four. But the three of them are all are all natural center fielders at this point. If you're counting Judge as a center fielder, so we'll see who gets center field. I, I think you got to give it to you. Let Judge pick where he wants to play if he's the leading vote getter in all of baseball. I think so as well, and. I'd like to see him out there in center field because it's a premier position in baseball. And it's one of the biggest stages in baseball. So, yeah, right now, Yankees only one starter with him. It's crazy. No, which I, I can't believe it. They're going to have the, one starter, but they're going to have like 10 All-Stars. The, the best team in baseball by a wide margin, I think. We'll see when the Astros come to town this weekend. But I cannot get my head around that. Get, get to voting. Get to voting. <laughs> Absolutely. One other thing, uh, when it comes to the pitching, Garrett Cole will once again face his oh, former yes. team this weekend. And the Tampa Bay Rays are close to calling Garrett Cole daddy. Because <laughs> in the last two in the last week against the Rays, he's thrown thirteen and a third inning, allowed six hits, took a no hitter into the eighth on Monday. 19 strikeouts to four walks in his last three starts against them. 19 in the third innings, eight hits, and 29 strikeouts to seven walks. Which is so, good because if you look at Garrett Cole's career stats versus the Rays, it's not that great. He's uh, two and six with a 3.66 ERA, so he really hasn't gotten the successful wins versus the race. So him to come out and get those big, big games is great. And he, and he he's shoving. That was, you know, he was threatening with that no hitter. He was threatening with 20 strikeouts. You know, I, I had a tweet out there like, what do you want to see? You know, the, the no hitter or a perfect game or, or the 20 strikeouts. 20 strikeouts is basically impossible in today's day and age, given the number of pitches needed. But he was at 117 pitches here. You know, a couple, I think he only ended up, shockingly only ended up with 12 strikeouts. That was Easy could have been a 15 strikeout game for Cole, which which is fun to see when he's locked in. Um, and you could tell he's locked in a lot this year. People bash him. He had that weird, I don't know what happened there, but that weird five home run game that the Yankees still won. But even with that, he's looking at a six and one ERA, I mean six and one record with a 3.4, 3.14 ERA uh, and 103 strikeouts in, in 80 innings. It's uh, it's another year where Garrett Cole is going to finish top five, top three, top two. Top one for Cy Young. So Cole, Cole's giving him what the Yankees need. The issue is we need that to come in October, but we have to get there for him to prove it to us. But this guy is, is an ace, and it's it, anyone who says different is an idiot. And Yankees fans love to get on him when he has Which one is bad fine. start. He's, he's got 324 million reasons to get on him, but uh, the, guy, the guy's good. <laughs> the guy's real good. <laughs> He really, really is. And like you said, anyone who thinks he isn't is an idiot. ERA is at 314 on the season. He's had a couple of bad starts. And yeah, but that's, he's had that all of his career. He's had starts where he's given up tons of home runs in his start. He's his third year with the Yankees. We've seen that happen. And that doesn't worry me. That it, Maybe it should, but like, it doesn't at all. Since that Tigers debacle, he has started... 11 games for the Yankees. Nine of them have been quality starts. 
pretty uh, good. It's pretty good. I mean, a couple of them have been, you know, I, I a couple weeks ago I said he's thrown a no hitter this year. I still believe that he has no hit stuff this year, um, and, and I think it's coming. If he gets a couple of couple of innings where he doesn't need to strike out people and gets you know a you know single digit pitches thrown, a, a no hitter is very possible for Garrett Cole, and it, it's got to the point where I would be surprised if we're not. Like I said, he got to the eighth inning last week. This week. He's going to get through the ninth inning, I think. I think so as well. He has to. For the, I can't believe he has not had one in his career. That, when I heard it on the broadcast, I could have swore he had at least one with the Astros or Pirates. But that's not the case. I'm, I'm very, very surprised to see that. Yeah. Yeah, so the only, the only worry here is the home runs. He's given up 11 home runs in his 14 starts. But like five of those came in one game. So if you take that out, which you... You know, you can't fully do, but, you know, it's six home runs and 13 starts. That That's not bad. I'll, I'll take that. So, Garrett Cole is, is, doing, is doing everything that, that he needs to get done. And like you said, big, big series versus the Astros coming up. And the, the rotation lines up really nicely for the Yankees. Starting on Thursday, we got Jamison Tyone, then Severino, Cole, and Nestor. Those are our four. No, no offense to... To Montgomery, who's who's been great. Those are the four guys you want versus versus Houston here. And the games are at home. The Yankees do even better at home. The best home team, best team in baseball means they're the best home team in baseball too. So really interesting coming up with the, with Houston. The fans are going to be out there. Let, let let's chat here about what what you think is going to happen between probably the two two of the best teams in baseball. I am terrified of one thing, and that is a man that goes by the name of Jordan Alvarez. Uh, this man is on an absolute. He's good. I have no words. Entering today's game, when he went two of four, since May 29th, he is hitting 449. Yes, you heard that correctly. And slugging 841. He's getting on base 52% of the time. Steve, I am not sure I've ever seen a stretch like this. I mean, come on. Uh, it's and. That was starting, what, since when? May 29th. Okay, and he got paid on June 6th. So it, the, the, the new money hasn't affected him at all. He gets he signs a $115 million deal, uh, kind of covering out some arbitration years here, and already that's looking like a steal. Six-year extension at, you know, 115 Yeah, the Astros are going to sign the fuck up for that every day. Like you said, he's Let's good. hope they're solo shots this week. Yeah, two, they're, they're two gonna, solo shots, please, please. That's what's going to happen for both these teams, though. For, for the Astros, they're going to think of the exact same thing for Aaron Judge. Let's limit it to solo shots, and the Yankees got to be sticking the same way for Alvarez. Limit to solo shots and see what happens. We got our 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 quad four uh, kind of aces up there. It's going to be, but then the Astros got their guys too. So you know, I know Verlander's scheduled to go on Friday. Uh, Valdez is pretty good, and then Javier and. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name on Sunday, but I've seen him pitch, and he's pretty good too. So it's going to be four four really quality pitching matchups, which which is you, you don't get. You don't get that in Major League Baseball. Um, you know, the, you get your aces, your top of your rotation here, but four quality pitching matchups in the Bronx happening. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Uh, and sadly, no nationally televised games. How is this Sunday night game? Not the Sunday night game of the uh, Sunday night baseball. I have to think one of these games is the TBS game on Sunday. No, 
Uh, maybe they just don't list it here. On I'm looking at ESPN. It is a 135 start, so that that might be the the Sunday game. But yeah, either if if not, it's an absolute shame that all four of these games aren't nationally televised. Fox isn't there Saturday. How uh, no Saturday's 105. What is go going on? Yeah. So, but Houston's good. They are first in the AO West at 43 and 25. Uh, they they just took two of two in a row versus the Mets. Um, but they've been they've been doing work across the board here too, so it'll be a really really good matchup and probably you know the odds on favorite to be the AL championship series matchup. So for the Yankees playing at home, but let's put you know, put it in on them. Uh, Altuve is is still Altuve. Did you stay there? This may be why they were on Sunday Night Baseball last week actually, and Altuve was mic'd up and and the jokes just just wrote themselves. That that he had a he had a wire on from from back in the day. Oh my gosh, that's that's unbelievable. But this guy is still a thorn in the side of many teams. He had 31 home runs a season ago. He had 31 in 2019. So keeping him off the base paths is very very key. And that's going to be once again something the Yankees are focusing on this weekend. I say the Yankees get three or four. Good start from JMO on Thursday. Uh, Severino at home has been money. He was scratched against the Rays due to what ended up being a false positive COVID test. So I'm not sure what happened there, but he started in Toronto. He did not have his best stuff, was kind of thrown off his schedule. I think he gets back. I think the Yankees win the first three games of this series and then – Drop the finale. I'm thinking big statement series. And the Yankees, they, there's there's no reason to suggest you be wrong because they're dominant at home. Um, these are the two teams. These are the only two teams with double digit leads in their division. The Yankees are currently 12 up on the Blue Jays, uh, and the Astros are 10 up on the Texas Rangers. Obviously, the Los Angeles Angels, who were at one point leading the, the division, have free fallen. All the way down to the bottom, but it's it, look. If if as a baseball fan, the Astros are fun. They they lost Carlos Correa, um, and you're like, oh great, that's awesome. Get him out of the lineup versus the Yankees. We'd love to see it. Jeremy Pena has stepped into that shortstop role and is playing exactly like Carlos Correa. So they have figured out a way to replace him without having to pay him. Um, I was actually under the assumption that maybe Correa opt out of his Twins deal at the end of the year. And goes back to Houston um, when both sides realize that he made they made mistakes and he should sign there long term. No longer the case here. Jeremy Pena's got shortstop on lockdown for them, uh, so it, it's a interesting team here. And look, we haven't seen Justin Verlander pitch in a long time. You know, uh, he had Tommy John last year. He's coming back looking like an ace uh, and a potential Cy Young uh, candidate. It would have been it would have been fun if it was Cole. Versus Verlander on, on you know Sunday night baseball here, but we get Severino Verlander, which you know dating back to you know, several years ago that that was the ace matchup, that was our ace versus their ace. So that that's something to be looking forward to on uh, on Friday. I'm really really excited about that. We got that matchup once before in the it was t- once or twice in that 2017 American League Championship Series. I believe Verlander started game. Two, forget who started game two for the Yankees, but Severino started game six and Verlander started game six. 
when he absolutely just mowed yeah. the Yeah, Yankees. he only got them once, but he, he yeah, he was Justin Verlander. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could not believe what he did. Uh, and then the last time the Yankees saw him was Game 5 of the American League Championship Series in 2019 when they fended off elimination and Aaron Hicks hit yes, that 3-1 yes. home run off the foul pole to get things going in the Bronx on that Friday night. But let's hope the Yankees have success against Verlander. I am feeling good about that. I think they win the first three games of the series. Yeah, then they have Oakland come to town, and then I forget, well, we'll try and have a, an episode before this. But we do get that weird one-game makeup um, with the Astros. And that, following the, the schedule of pitchers here, the Astros have a day off that the Yankees don't before. So that that should be Cole Verlander in that one-game uh, weird game. I hate this shit. <laughs> They're making up all of the games. Now, listen to this. This is why... I want the best record in baseball locked up before the last week of the season. The Yankees go to Houston for this one-off. And then in the last week of the season, they go to the Rangers to play four. And one of them is a doubleheader. <laughs> this makes absolutely no sense. It, and it uh, puts they should the have just canceled weird... the games. They should have just canceled the games. It puts the Yankees in a tough spot here because... Their last day off was June 13th. Their next day off because of this makeup game is not until July 11th. There's no days off. There's no days off here. Um, It puts a strain on the pitching staff. It puts a strain on our bullpen, which is getting to be overused. We haven't even got to talk about them this this podcast, but there has been a few hiccups with that. Um, Hopefully some reinforcements come along in Loisega and Chapman. But this is this is a long, long stretch of games for the Yankees, um, and so yeah, it's four versus Houston, three versus Oakland. So luckily, that's all at home. Then this one-off game in Houston, but then immediately have to travel to Cleveland, and then Pittsburgh, and then Boston. So there, there's a lot of traveling going on um, with with no days off. So we'll we'll see how the Yankees can fend off. But uh, um, as they should be, focus four in Houston. I'll take a two and two split. Um, ha- you know, I don't want to see. Severino lose to Verlander here, but Verlander's been a bit amazing. Um, and then Cortez has been a little off, you know, kind of end it with him. You know, he's been, you know, nasty Nestor all year and, and full faith in him. Um, but two of his last three starts, he couldn't get out of the fifth inning and he's given up eight runs in those starts. So maybe a little hiccup here for, for Nestor. And, you know, I would love to see him bounce back versus a team like Houston, but but wouldn't be surprised here if he he does str- struggle a little bit as well as the season gets on. We were at the the, the high the, the high of Nestor Cortez. It, it was bound to come down a little bit here. But uh, any any thoughts on Nestor before we wrap up? Yeah, just the long balls fallen victim, and it's not just him. Severino with a rough outing, he was thrown off the schedule. Yeah, they can't they can't throw quality starts every night, and maybe no one expected the Cy Young level of dominance. But Nestor's just got to give them you know five six innings. Quality start. Don't get lit up. Uh, I think he is a big start this weekend against Houston. Good. I like that you're. I like that we're opposite here. And, so. and just looking ahead at the schedule again, <laughs> the Yankees have the All Star break. They go to Houston for a doubleheader on that Thursday, and that makes up that series. And then after what's supposed to be the conclusion of the regular season, they host the Baltimore Orioles on October 2nd, and then 
They go to the Rangers Monday night. They play two with the Rangers on October 4th and then play at the Rangers on October 5th. So, fuck this. Should have canceled the games. I'm not happy. And I, I knew this is was going to be the case, but it fucks up a lot of things. Excuse my language. A lot of F-bombs there in the last... Uh, usually keep it to one or two per episode, but this is... It's so crazy. Real Four games in three nights. Shit. Yeah, like you said, the Yankees need, you know, it's looking super, super far ahead. They need to have everything locked down before that Texas series, which is, you know, they're on pace for. You know, like I said, I got a 12-game lead here. But uh, just even in general, like, like given the new playoff format, it's a three-game series for the, the first round of the playoffs. And you got the Yankees playing four games in three nights before a playoff series? That's crazy. Yeah, like I, if, if assuming I, the Yankees have that all you know locked up in here, you might as well just throw some high school kids out there in this series, in this doubleheader game. There's no need for anybody on this. I, can the Yankees forfeit the doubleheader if they have everything locked up? <laughs> I could you like why would you that? play a doubleheader in that late in the year? Like I, I'm curious to see what kind of happens here because I, I would want Aaron Boone in the lineup over any Yankee going into a playoff series. I'm not risking a playing a doubleheader before getting hurt. Can we like do a, a real life old timers day? Like Jeter yeah, and Posada and Bernie <laughs> Any come Yankees back. in Texas can come and play. Roger Rocket, Clemens is Rockets got to start one of the yeah, just gonna say that in Texas have to start both. <laughs> he'll start for both. He'll start both games. <laughs> I mean, they, they they have to start both games of that doubleheader of stuff. <laughs> have to. I mean, the, the Texas guys. Um, yeah, I hope everything is locked up after October second against the Orioles and the Yankees have. Nothing to play for in Texas. MLB lets the Yankees do old-timers day. Oh, love it, love it. Well, we got plenty of time until then, but for now we'll focus on, on Houston. Like the Yankees, they've been on fire. Nine, nine games all versus division rivals, 7-2. and two. The rest of the division is playing really well, and they're still losing ground to this Yankee squad here. So, as always, it's a joy to, to chat Yankees. Uh, and, look, this, the team hasn't been perfect. We're getting closer to the trade deadline, so we'll have plenty of content to uh, to talk about the trade deadline here. But like like you said, Houston is huge. Then we go from there. Houston and then Oakland. Uh, and then we'll be back for another episode. But thanks for listening to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes with Sam and Steve. Until next time, see you later, Sammy. Go Yanks.